I'm so happy to have my wife with me. She is, as uh, she was introduced to her somewhat, she is over Texas Apostolic Prayer Network that Dutch Sheets is involved with. She's over 24 counties in our areas. She leads intercessors over the, all the counties to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying for regions and then release that, what God is saying that. And what's more than that, she's my wife. She's my chief intercessor because the two shall become one. Your ministry is only as effective as, as two becoming one. And the Holy Spirit will work that through you. So anyway, I'm, I'm happy to have her with me then. Uh, we're from Texas, Tyler, Texas, East Texas, right between Dallas and Shreveport. That's us. And I want to say, I feel like this is a momentous occasion for me to be able to do this. The great state of Texas blesses the great state of West Virginia today. Yes, we are a prophetic state. Texas is a prophetic state, and we are being prophetic today here in West Virginia. And I just sense that the Lord is calling you to an awareness to his covenant. His covenant. He wants to do a atmospheric domination to this area. He wants to change this area to be what he wants it to be. And he is starting here today. I really believe that. There's something, there's a deposit that we're making. We're sowing today to see what's going to come out of today in the days ahead. And I don't mean years. I mean in the days ahead. God's moving quickly to do his will. Living our faith out is a bewildering venture. We rarely know what's coming next. And not many things turn out the way we anticipate. Is that right? The prophet Habakkuk speaks our word to God. He's speaking for us to God. He gives voice to our bewilderment, articulates our puzzled attempts to make sense of things. Are you with me? Habakkuk 1.1 says, now this is the message. This is out of the message. The problem, as God gave Habakkuk to see it. God, how long do we have to cry out for help? before you listen. How many times do I have to yell help, murder, police before you come to the rescue? Are we there yet? Why do you force me to look at evil, stare trouble in the face day after day, anarchy and violence break out, quarrels and fights all over the place. Law and order fall to pieces. Justice is a joke. The wicked have the righteous hamstrung and said justice on its head. What does God say? God says, look. Look around at the godless nations. Brace yourself for a shock. Something
nothing's about to take place. I'm going to say that again. Something's about to take place and you're going to find it hard to believe. God is going to show up. Lord, let's pray. I mean, if you want to stand, if you want to pray in your prayer language, in tongues, let's pray. Lord, we lift our voices to you now. We stand still, oh Lord, and watch what you will do for us, your ecclesia and America. We are the church, the ecclesia, the ones that are called out, and we are to govern here on earth what is in heaven. The Holy Spirit tells us how to pray. What do you want to do today, Lord? What do you want me to pray today, Lord? Obey. That's what our job is. We will wait until the end of this. We will not panic. We will wait and we will watch. If you be for us, who can be against us? Our God reigns. Our faith and our trust are in you, not man. Or what man says. We hear you, Holy Spirit. In these times of doubt and unbelief, we are fortified in you. Hallelujah. And we say, America blesses you, God. America blesses you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Who would have thought a message translation would have said all that? She wasn't making it up. It's in there. I don't know it's a translation, but it's surely a good paraphrase anyway. Isn't that interesting how that the nations raised and raged, the people believe a vain thing that said, but God, but God. I love what God says to Job when Job is complaining to God and how bad things are. God, Job never charged God, but God says back to Job, where were you when I was creating the foundation of the world? Where were you when I was doing all these things? In other words, he reminds him, he's God and you're not. I want to share with you something today that has been transformative in my life, my church, my family, power of blessing. Pastors asked me to share on that. And I've, I've pared it down to, to where we have time to do some ministry as well. There's actually, this started out for us a number of years ago. And I was, uh, Diane and I was on Interstate 30 heading somewhere. Traffic was bumper to bumper. And I mean, just one slight move. And if you've ever been in that, that metropolitan traffic, it is just, you're just stressed. All of a sudden, a young guy just crossed over in our lane without a signal law, almost clipped me out. And I said something that my mother would have washed my mouth out with. Came out of my mouth, I said, idiot. It's not a good word. And Diane says, what? She, she sounds very much like the Holy Spirit. I said, well, he is. I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, why did you just call me an idiot? 
I said, God, I didn't call you. And he, I was calling him. He said, when God starts speaking you back with his word, there's no argument. He said, how can you bless me whom you cannot see, and yet you curse man whom you can see? As you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. He is created in my imagination or my thoughts, my expression. Therefore, you are cursing something, someone that was created from my handiwork. How many of you have ever had children that you know that they may not be the, the, the nicest kids in the world, but you don't like someone coming along and saying, hey, your kid's bad. I know he's bad, but he's my kid, though. Shut up. That's exactly what God did with me that day. I got rebuked really quick. And then he says, now I want you to bless him. I said, bless you. He said, no, I want you to bless him the way that you want me to bless you. Oh, well, I'm going to give me some thought about this. I need to think about this for just a moment. So came up out of me was as prophetic as anything that I have ever shared coming from the, the heart of God. I declare over you, and I'm just in the car and this is processing through my mind. I declare over you that you are a son of the most high God created with his DNA, with his potential. I declare over you that your family will find you a joy and and righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit shall be yours, and that they will all rise up and call you blessed. May you find yourself home safely, and everything that you do has God's touch and intention on it. I don't know how to express that anyway, but I felt the pleasure of the Lord flowing through me physically as runners who talk about a runner's high, when you have the endorphins and dopamines and all of the other you know, other chemistry that's flowing through. I felt my body taking on a response when I began to bless what God blessed. We know that the scripture tells us that when, when and Jesus makes his stomach, he says that we are to bless and curse not. Because someone always comes up and says, well, what about Jesus? He cursed the fig tree. When Jesus was walking through a field and he had his disciples with him, that was a rabbinical school actually is what they call it and they would have this phrase saying I see that you have the dust of your rabbi on your feet which means you walking around because there wasn't any buildings or schools they walked around and they were teaching wherever they went in life and using examples so Jesus was a teaching moment comes up on the fig tree and there was no figs on it even though it was out of season and he said from this day on there will never be any fruit left on you they come back in a little while and they said, wow, look how quickly it died. It just, just shriveled up. How quickly? I think Jesus wanted to be a teaching moment and said, let me show you what you can kill with your words. We know the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we hear people that are using sarcasm to hurt wounds, someone said, I was only kidding. No, you weren't. You were cloaking it and shooting its arrows and cursing someone, and I cloak it under humor. I grew up in a household that that was that way. When I married Diane, brought her home, and I thought, man, I don't know if I want to bring her to the family or not, because she's a different part of Texas. <laughs> Came in there, and my older brother says, hello, ugly. Haven't seen you in a while. And I said, hello, uglier than I. At least we use correct English. We're going to do curse one another. <laughs> And Diane looked at us and said, what are y'all doing? I said, oh, we're just loving on it. I said, no, you're cursing one another. Until I began to have revelation of what it was, 
I had to go back to our family, and, I, and I'm not the oldest, but I brought our, all of my brothers and sisters of serving God and brought them together, and I said, this family dynamic has got to change. There, we, we saw financial that we never con- got very far up. Every time we just barely make it, saw that I was the first, though I was the third in the family, fourth, I was the fourth. I have one brother younger than me. I was the youngest almost in family, fourth in family, to ever break through financially. Everything changed when I understood the power of blessing and now the rest of my family and older siblings have caught hold of that and have changed the course and the generation in our family. So when we get together now, it, we're blessing one another, loving on one another, because that's literally how God views it. Let me give you a definition, then I'll get into the word of that. The word blessing from the Hebrew is the barak, which means to speak well of and speak large of. In the New Testament, we get the word eulogio, we, we, we get the word eulogy from. So at a funeral, you never speak bad about anybody. You, you know, you, you know, you could be a really a, an honorary guy, but you're blessing him anyway. And so when we, he says the word blessing, it just doesn't mean material things and stuff. It literally means declaring God's intention for something, not the way that it is. The difference between truth and fact is truth aletheia means the manifested reality, the way God sees something. Fact is how we feel about it. In other words, you could go to the doctor and he says you got six months to live. Is that truth or is that fact? Depends. Whatever you believe. As one thinks in his heart, so they become. Well, that's just the way it is. Well, you can change facts by stepping into truth. Truth is not information. Truth is a person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. You shall know the fact and the fact will set you free. No? You shall know the truth, the reality, the way God sees it. And when you start operating into what God says and not how you feel, then you've operated and overcome any kind of facts. Because the truth says, by his stripes you're healed. The doctor said you got six months to live. By your stripes you're healed. And he sent his word, Psalms 107, and healed them. And healing is the children's bread. That is truth. Truth has to triumph over facts. But we live, well, I don't know, so-and-so, my best friend said this, and I heard on the news said that. Then you're living in fact. What you're saying is I'm rejecting and oppressing the Holy Spirit because I believe what I see in the natural, but I will not enter into the spiritual. Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to send the, uh, the parakletos, one coming alongside. He is my advocate. He's going to be telling you how I think and feel about things. And he shall guide you into all truth. He will take of mine, in other words, all that God has given me as an inheritance, as a firstborn son, and then he shall give it to you. He'll distribute to you. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit showed up and he was distributing the inheritance of the Father. Whole another message. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of us has been given to us by Jesus to bless one another, to declare the way that the Father sees something. The hardest thing for some of us to do is to lay down our opinions and declare what he thinks. I have a right to my opinion. As a citizen of the United States, you sure do. As a citizen of heaven, you don't. Which kingdom will you operate in? 
Jesus might said, my kingdom, John 18, 36, is not of this world. Which kingdom we're going to operate in? Especially if we come from a nature that's an bless God how I'm doing it, I want to do it, then I have more difficulty because blessing will empower me, cursing devalues me. The word cursing, blessing means declaring God's intention for something, not necessarily the way that it is. Cursing means to place something in a lower position, doesn't necessarily mean cussing. I didn't say cussing, I was cursing. Cursing means to put something lower than what God intended for it to be. For instance, the Bible says that it's not God's uh, will that any should perish, but all shall come to the knowledge of the Son of God. So if I see someone that's, that's not doing what's right in the eyes of God, I could say, look at them, how are they? I can't believe they're doing that. And yet God's intention for them is that they would walk in the Spirit and not do that. So if I'm doing that, I said, I'm just agreeing with, look at what the devil's done in you. I'm agreeing with the devil. But when I say over him, you're a son of the living God. God has raised you up above this world. And I declare over you that you will be a conqueror because you'll triumph in Christ Jesus. And the people could say, that can't be right because look at him. I'm declaring what God sees, the intention of God, not reporting the way things are. But people say, well, I think that's lying. Well, just, what is the devil doing? The devil's giving you a lie. I might as well give you what God says. God's truth sounds like a lie to those who are living in lie. Because it doesn't confirm how they feel, but it confirms the heart of God. Who shall we believe? Whose report shall we believe? Now look with me in 1 Peter, the third chapter. Picking up verse 7. This will go over big, I know. Husbands, you guys, just, just, I'm chilling out. We're checking out right now. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, speaking of your wives, with understanding. I don't get her. I don't get her. Well, because you need the Holy Spirit to translate her. Be filled with the Spirit so you can translate your wife. It's true. Likewise, dwell with them according with understanding, giving honor to them as a wife. Which means I honor her for the position that she's in. And by honoring her, then I have come under the favor of the Lord. Hang on to that. To the weaker, she's honor her as the weaker vessel. Doesn't mean she's weak in sense of a lot of things, but she is there for us to cover and protect. If you're throwing your wife under the bus and blaming her for stuff, you're not protecting her, you're dishonoring her. That's what happened when the glory departed in Eden. When the glory of God was upon Adam and Eve, they saw through the lens of blessing or glory. They were covered with literally the, the light of the glory of God. And when Adam would look at Eve, he'd go, wow, baby, there's not another critter in the garden like you. <clears throat> She's beautiful, wonderful. And she'd look at him, oh, El Guapo. <laughs> You're the most handsome guy in the whole garden. And when they ate of the tree of Gnosticism, knowledge, fat, the glory departs, Ichabod, and when that glory departs, all of a sudden, ah, what happened to you, woman? I've never seen you like this. And he says, God, you know that woman you gave me? She did it. Blame enters when glory is not present. And she says, it was the devil that made me do it. And the Bible says they begin to hide themselves from the presence of God. 
before that time, Genesis 3, said they would hear the voice of God walking in the garden and they would move towards God. Because there was a sound that resonated in them, because when God created them, he breathed in them. The word being wasn't in the original, it said, and man became a living being. The original said, and man became a speaking spirit. The ability to speak to God, who is a spirit, spirit to spirit. And when that departed from them, then they were hiding themselves because now the sound of God, the voice of the Lord, scared me. Instead of running to him, I ran from him. They entered into a consciousness of fault finding in one another. When it's easier to find fault in someone instead of seeing God-likeness in them, then what happens is we're living under the tree of knowledge of good and evil and we haven't gotten over to the tree of life. Whichever tree you eat out of is what happens. Okay, I got to run. Giving honor to the weaker vessels, being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Wow. My relationship with her affects prayers being answered. And vice versa, I should say, too. So when we understand this whole concept of, of what it means to come together no wonder the enemy wants to put wedges and differences and he points out the differences and the wedges so that our prayers would not be answered and hindered because the two shall become one and it'll be powerful. So I separate the, the, the one and make them two. And they operate like two. All right, here's the kick. Verse 9. Be of one mind, compassion for one another, love is Love as brothers and tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil, reviling or reviling. In other words, fight fire with fire. You did it to me, I'm going to come back and do it to you. That's machoism. Here's the issue. But on the contrary, or in the opposite, come with blessing. Blessing is God's intention for, not necessarily the way it is at the moment. Because blessing is prophetic. I'm, I want to get there to his intention, though I'm not there yet, maybe. Knowing that you were called, the word kaleo means I have a calling on my life. I was called to be one who blessed long before I was ever called to preach. There's some people that have not learned to bless should quit the ministry. Because it is hurtful, condemning, operating out of fear. A fear-based religion, not a, a faith or blessing based side of it. So that's an opinion, no? It's what it says right Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing or you may receive the very barak that you have been giving. So to the level that you sow, so shall we reap. We begin to understand the power of blessing in such a way and and the book has got a lot of stories that are actually very, very true, documented. I have files of them that I received. The book has been translated all the way from Germany to Spanish, all over the nations. This book has, has gone viral. They're, they're trying to get it embedded right now in Mandarin in, in a hidden website so they can get into communist China. I was uh, sharing this in a prison. I wasn't, I was just visiting. <laughs> I was talking about the power of blessing and I was sharing with them a story how my brother had gophers in his yard and they were just eating up the yard and he would go out and curse them. I curse you and I send you back to the hell in which you came. 
He'd go out the next day and there'd be more of those little burrows and trails and tunnels dug all over the yard. Finally, his wife said, your brother's preaching on blessing. Won't you try that? And I ain't blessing no rat. He said, well, how's it working for you so far? So he went out one evening and he thought, I haven't done everything. I put poison in there. These things that eat the poison, they just kept getting fatter because the tunnels would get wider. These things were harassing him. And God wanted to show him something bigger than he was. So he goes out when it's a little bit dark, nobody's around. He said, Mr. Rat, I don't know why God created you, but I know he didn't create you to come and torment me and to chew up my yard. I release you to, to go where God has sent you to be and thrive in your destiny. He went on tramped down all the trails and next morning he went out and there was not one new trail. They were gone. Three days later, his neighbor comes on and he said, I know you've been dealing with moles over here, but all of a sudden these moles moved into my yard and I don't know what's going on here. I was sharing the mold story in prison and these guys, the chaplain later sent me the letter and said that those big, those big oriental roaches, those big ones, they were just so much filling their cells, falling off on them at night in the bunks and because the EPA wouldn't let them have any poison to get rid of them, they just had to deal with it. So one of the guys in their Bible studies, hey, let's try doing what that preacher said about blessing them. Bless a roach? Man, they're from hell. Well, the Bible says that God created everything and said it was good. The only thing he said wasn't good was for man to be alone. In other words, the cockroaches had it better than we did. He said, well, let's try it. So I said, Lord, we thank you for these cockroaches. You, you made them for a reason. I don't understand it, but I don't have to. And when you made them, you said it was good. We know that the devil can't create anything. And so therefore, we just release these roaches to do what you created them to be and do and send them to their destiny. He said that night, this is the letter I got in the chaplain. He said not one person recording their cell block recorded that there was a roach there. A few days later, they were, they were in the chow hall and they were hearing some guys talking and saying, man, I don't know what's going on. You guys quit leaving food in your cell block or whatever because there's roaches that showed up and just took over our whole other end of the cell block. The power of blessing has an effect on everything around us. It changes the environment. It changes the atmosphere of which we are in. Had a couple, I think I shared this maybe Friday night, a couple that came to me and said our son was on drugs and he said we're, we just know one day we're going to go to the morgue and have to find him there and, and uh, it's just he's the death of us we're spending all of our money and can't get him help and all that and so we're just so sick and tired of our son we're so ashamed of him and I said now that you've told me the facts about your son when are you ready to, for him to be set free because you cursing him is all you're doing is declaring and reporting the way things are that's the way the devil does. Did God say, introducing another thought into our ideas? He said, well, it'd be lying to do any other way. And I said, well, you're just agreeing with what the devil has done to your son. So I gave them a blessing. And I said, I want you to declare over your son that you're a son of promise. You're a gift of God, that God put you in our household and that we're proud of you. And we appoint you to fulfill all the destiny that God called you to. Went around telling all the friends how the rotten kid they had, prophesying basically what it is, 
because fear is prophetic. Job said, that which I feared came on me. So I finally said, if it's not working one way, why not try the other at least? Try it for three weeks. They did that for about week number two. The kid would come in late at night and, and he was so drunk and out of it and doped up and he would stagger off to bed. They come in the next night and they said, you're a son of promise. God's gift you to our household. We're proud of you and we're thankful for you. He look at him, huh? I don't know who's drunker. They go off to bed. About towards less than three weeks, he's sitting in a bar getting ready to start drinking and smoking dope with his friends, the usual, and he hears a voice inside of him saying, are you having fun yet? And he thought to himself, not really. He said, then go home and repent to your parents. He gets up and his friend said, where are you going? He said, I'm not, this is not even fun. He goes home and it was still early in the evening. His parents were shocked to see him come in the door sober. In fact, they said, are you okay? What's going on with you? Are you sick? All he would say to them, what time is church tomorrow? Saturday night. Told him he went to church with him the next day, gave his heart to the Lord. Last I heard, he's serving God. It was blessing that set him free. Cursing was holding him in that place of darkness. It's such a powerful point. I was sharing this in Houston and a guy came, pastor came to me and said, would you counsel this man? And I said, do you know him? He said, I've never seen him before. He just showed up in the conference. And I said, I've got to go on to another city about three hour drive and get ready to minister tonight. He said, please just talk to him for a minute. This guy comes to me and said, I've been a contractor in Iraq for a number of years. My wife is at the courthouse right now filing for divorce. She's just like her mother. I never cared anything for her. All she cares about me is the money. And I said, well, how do you do? And I said, well, sounds like you're getting what you want. She's at the courthouse divorcing. No one's going to divorce me. And I said, oh, man, you're just full of cursing. He said, I don't cuss. I said, no, you're full of the cursor. The Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren, of the accuser. You are a cursor is one of the translations. The devil is the cursor. He's putting things in a lower position than what God said. You're just agreeing with the devil. He looked at me and he got mad. He said, I've studied Zen and some other Chinese food. I don't know what I studied. He said, I can pick you up with my mind and throw you against the wall. And I said, I've studied the Bible and I can cast that thing out. <laughs> you know if we want what that meant anyway. I said, listen, you're not interested in this and I'm not going to waste my time on somebody that is just so full of, full of the devil. I said, here's some CDs and I pitched him a couple of CDs and hit the road. It was back in Houston about a month or two later. This guy comes up to me. He said, remember me? And I said, yeah, you're that Zen dude that's trying to throw me up against the wall. And he said, I want to introduce you to someone. And he motions this lady comes over there and I thought, man, he's worked fast. I already got him another one. And he said, I want you to meet my wife. We've been married 32 years. I missed something here. He said, I put the CDs on when going back home. My wife was at the courthouse. She walked in the door and said she had a front door and he was in the kitchen, was a straight line in the kitchen. And he said, I, tr I did what you said on the CDs. I said, you're a gift from God. I bless you to fulfill all that God has destined for us as a partner together. 
And she's standing right there and looks at him. Is he, is he telling the truth? She said, I've known this man for 32 years and I never loved him a moment. When he said that, it was like a bowling ball going down an alley and those words became like, like they were real and they were rolling and hit me right in my chest. I felt liquid love flowing through me, energized, my mind was quickened. All of a sudden, this was the most beautiful, handsome man I'd have ever seen. God changed the way I even saw him at that one moment of blessing. And it had been several months since seeing him. He said, we've been on like a honeymoon for the last several months. I realize that you have the wife you bless or you have the wife you curse. You created it. You have the husband you have because you blessed him or cursed him. So saying, God change him, God change him. No, I'm changing you to be a, from a cursor to a blessor. Because blessing usually changes the person that's, that's giving out blessing than the one that's giving it. And then something begins to change and happen. There is an attraction to sound. Sound has a blessing. Part of all the CDs out there, I think there's only one copy left. That there's an attraction. I can show you this because when Jesus, he declared in John 14, when he was in the garden, he said, the prince of this world comes, but he will find nothing in me. So now he's in the garden of Gethsemane. The Roman soldiers come and Jesus looks at them and said, who are you looking for? And he said, they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he. Bam, they hit the ground. Three times they did that. Finally, Jesus had to let them take him to fulfill it. Why? It was because there was nothing in him that was of cursing and everything in them was of cursing. Because the two cannot have any attack on him. When we're operating out of blessing, the enemy cannot come and touch us. And I know I have people said, boy, I've made the devil mad, I've been attacked, I've been beat up like that. Then why not just operate in blessing where the devil may try to get you? There was a hedge that God had around Job until God just let it down and said, here, I'm going to show Job off here. Proverbs 26 and verse 2 said, as a swan or bird flits from one nest to the other, so a curse cannot come without a cause. Easy translation. Just as a bird has to have a nest it comes from and has another nest it goes to. So the same thing as a curse. A curse can't come unless it has another place to land. And there's some people that are so full of continual cursings, putting people down, saying what their opinion should be, what they should have done, might have been, could have been, and sizing and making judgments on everybody, that they've created a landing strip you could land a 747 on. And they wonder, why is all this happening to me? It's because you're in agreement with the sound. It resonates. When I was 16 years old, I was, my friends and I were out hunting and had a J.C. Higgins shotgun, didn't even have a safety on it and the crack stock. I look back now, what was my parents thinking of giving that to me? Maybe they were thinking I wouldn't gonna come back around. We were out in the country hunting jackrabbits, which was a popular thing at the time, sitting on the, the fender of that 63 Impala Chevrolet, riding through there and we were just popping jackrabbits as they come running into the light. That night I heard a sound that I'll never forget, and the sound was, eh, eh, eh. anybody know what that sound of? That is a sound of a wounded jackrabbit. I didn't shoot him. All of a sudden when I heard that sound in the dark fields of that 
those wheat fields, just a stubble, I saw red eyes start popping up in the dark everywhere. Because those were the coyotes that heard the sound of a wounded rabbit and it's dinner time. Don't think that the devil's not attracted to our sound. God, you've never done anything for me. Why does this always happen to me? Complaining, complaining. And it's like devil's food cake, yummy, come and get me. It is a sound that resonates because it's cursing. He was cast out of heaven, the place of glory, cast down to a planet of darkness, and it resonates with him. Everything changes when we learn to bless and not curse. Literally, we have to work at and have a transformative choice of mind. And I can't, so I'm just kidding you just because I called you something. No, you weren't. You just haven't, hadn't been sanctified mind. Because you're prophesying what shall be. Sometimes we pray, we pray problems, but we never declare solutions. God right down here on planet Earth, everybody's going to hell in a handbag, it's going to look pretty bad down here. This is happening, that's happening, all things going on. Back to you. That's stating the facts. We pray facts. But he says, I called you, let earth, heaven come to earth. Declare on earth what he's saying in heaven. What do you think that he's saying in heaven? Jesus at the right side of the Father. He's the chief intercessor, the Bible said. And you think he's speaking over his church? I'm sick and tired of her. I'm so fed up with her. But I'm not going to come back and die again. Do you think he's saying that? No, he's declaring over her, you shall be a bride without spot or wrinkle. Though we look pretty spotty and pretty wrinkled at times. He is declaring what we shall be, not reporting what we are. The spirit of prophecy, we could also put in that, the spirit of blessing, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. What would Jesus say over us? He's not cursing us, but he's prophesying, this is my beloved in whom I'm well pleased. Here's the will of God. You can change your environment, you can change whatever situation, condition you're on. Had a lady that she was, uh, she was a manager of a business and, and she was talking to all of her co-workers and, and she was cursing the boss or the owner of the business. It was an accounting place. And she said, he's just, he's just so mean, he's so, he's so uh, unpredictable, he's not very good to his health. And she started get, throwing it around, telling everybody that. I was teaching in a Bible school this and she came to me and she says, I don't know if that works. And I said, it'll never work for you because you're not applying it. The truth that makes you free is not the truth that you hear, but the truth you apply. You can hear truth and never see changes. It's the truth that makes you free is the truth that you apply. She said, I'll give it a shot. And I said, go into the office, repent, because the whole room, if these walls could talk, anything that has matter absorbs sound. And you have been letting out a sound that you don't like anything, and yet you're the manager. So everybody else in the environment goes that way. I go into businesses and places and and teach on, on principles, personnel, and, and all of these things. So anyway, she's all, I'll try it. She's, I think I'm going to get fired next week anyway. She goes in early, starts repenting, God forgive me for, for stirring people up against the boss and, you know, and gave her something blessed. He, he, he has been, God uses him to bless your lives financially and he's not a source of contention he's a source of blessing so she did that for three days on Friday he, he calls her into the office 
And he sets her down and she said, here, I'm getting a pink slip today, man. And Axe is falling right now. And he told her, he says, I know that you don't like me. And I know that we haven't gotten along very good. And I had planned at the beginning of the week to just sever our ways. But something changed. And I want you to know that I've been withholding a raise from you for three months. Because I just didn't like you. I'm going to go back and give you the raise retroactive from three months ago and saying, can we start over and doing this as a partnership together? She came back and said, I wouldn't believe it had I seen it myself. The whole atmosphere changed because now she was prophesying what she would like to see happen instead of reporting how she felt. So I just, I want to throw out just the idea and the thought, whatever it is that you're believing God to see change happen in your life, you can develop blessing whatever you want to do. I had a doctor in my church. He began to get a hold of this and understood it, so he started blessing his patients instead of saying what a grumpy and what a problem they are. He started blessing them. So he began to said, I'm going to tithe on Monday what I'm believing God I'm going to make all week long. And yet I hadn't made it yet. So he started blessing his office because he, was, he, was, he had no bedside manner at all. He's a grump. In fact, he told me, he says, you're the only friend I have. Because I, I'd bless him. He, he wasn't all painful. He started doing that. And he said, the week got, said, I made more money that week than I've ever made before. The next week he increased the tithe, what he was projecting, prophetically declaring, and it went beyond what he thought. He said, now I've come to the conclusion is, I can't work any harder. I'm exhausted. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it, but I can't keep up with it because he had turned from being a curser to a blesser. The hardest thing that he had difficulty doing was not making fun of his wife and putting her down because there was so much in there, that cowboy culture of theirs. Let's pray. Father, we look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you that Jesus is inside of us and he's the one who blesses us he's the one who has said from the very beginning what the father's heart was even the one caught in adultery instead of cursing her he saw beyond where she was to see what she could be help us to enter in Lord into that realm of the spirit where we can cry out in behalf of one another your word even said, if you see a brother that's sinning, that's doing a sin that's not unto death, that you should ask life for him, not pile on more. So we pray, oh God, that as everyone's sitting in this building and that they would become a blesser to this community and city. When you go by places that are, that are failing and places that are not, maybe it's a bar, a place that not very, shouldn't be there. Instead of cursing them and saying, I hope you burn down, those people that Jesus died for, so I declare over them, may they come into the knowledge of the Son of God and fulfill the purpose of God. I call them out of darkness into light. Because the power of blessing is the power and the testimony of Jesus. When he's on the cross and the two standing between two thieves, one saying, if you're really who you are, get us off here. And the other one saying, Father, forgive me. Remember me. And the one who was broken, he said, this day you'll be in paradise with you. I want you to consider for just a moment 
what it is the fact is you'd like to see changed and begin to formulate a blessing towards them. I don't have time to give the whole story. It's in the book. The guy who came to see me, he was a millionaire, tried to sell me some land next to the church, told him I wouldn't pay for it because the Holy Spirit says, no, that I have another plan. And he, he was just cursing his family, his daughter and his wife had had an affair. He owned an oil well company and someone held him $3 million for service that he had done and it had been two years. After he began to see everything changed, his family changed, his, his wife changed, his daughter changed. And he came, the last thing was, he said, but I am having trouble blessing this guy that owes me $3 million. He's a crook. And I said, so is that what you want to say over him? Did Jesus die for crooks? Well, yeah, he did. So I, I want you to hear the Holy Spirit, how you want to bless him. He said, God's been knowing this money for years. Rejected letters, rejected even court summons, everything. He said, I started blessing him and I changed instead of telling everybody I met that how, what a crook he was, a liar and a cheat. He said, I started blessing him. God, that you cause his business to flourish. And bring him into a revelation of who you are. Help him to get past his failure and help him come into the glory of who you are. After two weeks of blessing this guy, T. Ray came to me and he said, you don't believe what happened. I said, well, ha having changed the idea with your fight, wife and affair and all that, I'm beginning to. He said, this guy calls me up and he said, Ray, I want you to come get a check. I know I owe you $3 million and the check's made out with the interest for the last two years that I've owed you. He said, you understand the reason I, I, had, I could have had $3 million sooner, but because of my cursing, it was held up what God fully wanted me to have. My mouth kept me below what God called me to be. See, I know. Because we're busy telling everybody how bad things are instead of saying, but I'm declaring this is where I'm believing God for. I'm looking for this. I am praying for this. I'm declaring the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Anybody can complain. That's just a demonic level, fallen nature of the Adamic nature. But it takes the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit in us to rise up and say, but here's what I see. If you take inventory of everything you don't have, then you may be leaning on the cursing side. But when you start looking around, thank you for that, thank you for that, thank you for these people, and thank you for that, God. Thank you for what I've given. Thank you for the cars. Thank you for what I've got in the bank account. And you start, in all things, give thanks instead of all things I could be doing better. I have this but. Then what you is, I'm not being a good steward of what God is. I'm just making excuses for me why I'm not. That just takes away what God's purpose is. So, Father, I bless this house that every intention, every potential that you call this house to step into throughout the community. It's not reporting what is today, but declaring what shall be. A lot of people go to church because their friends go to church there, or the fact it's close or nearby. But I'm telling you that there is a change happening in our nation 
among churches everywhere I go where people are no longer going to church to socialize. Someone came to me and said, I'd go to your church except none of my friends go there. I said, how many days in the week? And they said, there's, there's seven days in the week. How many days do you need to socialize? Just pick one and socialize them. But the church was never meant to be your place of gathering for socialization. It was meant to be a house of prayer and a place that I came to get the impartation and the Spirit of God on me, not where I have to settle for the shallow end of the pool just so I can see my friends. When we make decisions based upon the natural, we miss out God's supernatural. There's a big change coming. So I bless this community would fulfill everything God you intended to be. From its history, pre-Civil War, through Civil War, and now so for such a time as this, God, that you would reveal yourself and come into the knowledge of the Son of God in a higher level of purpose. I bless this community to be the God center and the God place of the glory of the Lord centered upon this, that for all of the kingdom of darkness that try to come into this community and to sell drugs and do its thing and steal and kill and destroy, we say the glory of the Lord is risen upon you, the mantle of his hand, the mantle of the goodness of the Lord. May the prosperity of the Lord show forth the goodness of God and cause you to be influential throughout the state. That this city, Fairmont, would rise up and have influence even into Charleston, even into the other cities as an epicenter, that the wells of glory will be right here.